Good evening, everyone. This is Brother Brennan coming to you live from Fort Smith, Arkansas, with another Fishers of Men Bible study. And it is good to be here this evening. And uh, today we're going to be get tonight we're going to be getting into Matthew chapter twelve. Uh, we won't be actually finishing all of it because it's a pretty lengthy chapter. We're going to do probably about half of it. Maybe a little over a half, just but we're we're gonna pretty much split this into kind of two videos, and uh, so we're gonna be getting into Matthew, tw uh, starting in Matthew twelve tonight, and hopefully, Lord willing, we will finish next week. Um, so that's kind of what we're gonna be doing tonight, and hopefully, it will be a blessing to you all. Um, I'm a little bit tired. It's been a long day. Um, I just, I, I don't know why today's has been kind of one of those just tiring days. Uh, it's probably, it could be the heat and all that stuff that's been, that we've been getting. Um, so yeah, so just sort of bear with me and just, you know, bear with me and please be patient with me and, uh, we'll, we'll get through tonight's lesson. Um, just, uh, one quick announcement. Um, Lord willing, uh, mark your calendars, uh, Lord willing, on August 7th, I will not be having a Sunday night video, um, because I will be preaching at my church, uh, that Sunday night, so no, no video, uh, from home, um, whatever I will be preaching on and, 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 and recording and stuff for that night will be in replace of that so there will be no uh fishers of men uh broadcast that sunday night um lord willing i'll be preaching so pray for me on that uh please do pray for me today was a really really rough day at work um i don't know it just seems like you know, it seems like the couple, couple, the last couple of weeks have just been very rough spiritually, and or just really rough at work. And so, just pray for me, keep me in prayer, keep my ministry in prayer. Oh, hmm. let's see, I'm getting tired and stuff like that. I could postpone this, but I kind of want to get into it. So, um. So yeah, so pray for me, pray for my videos, pray for my ministry, um, pray that God will be glorified, amen, um, and uh, do pray for our, do, do for us, let's pray for each other, um, please uh, do keep uh, brother uh, Joey in prayer. I know he appreciates your prayers, whether you pray, whether or not um, I mention him, but you do pray for him. He appreciates the prayers. Um, I think that's going to be it for announcements and for uh, prayer requests. So, We'll go ahead and dive into our Bible study. If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, we're going to start in verse 1, and we will kind of kind of go through here, and uh, we'll, we'll probably do about a little over half of it, but it, it's 
there's there's a lot there, so also a lot to talk about as well. Um, so starting here in Matthew chapter uh, chapter twelve, verse one, it says, "At that time Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were at hunger, and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it." They said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath day. But he said unto them, Have ye not read what David did when he was in hunger, and they were with him? How he entered into the house of God and did eat the shewbread, which was on, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him. But only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if ye had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Ye will not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Now, let me tell you something. These Pharisees were making a big stink about this because they were plucking corn and hungry. Okay, plucking corn because they were hungry. And they were doing this on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees, you know, not knowing the scriptures as they should have, were taking God's commandments and saying, well, you shouldn't work. Period. Well, here's the problem with that. Let's take a look at what the Bible says. In Exodus chapter 16, verse 23, it says, And he said unto them, This is that which the Lord hath said, Tomorrow is the, is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Bake that which you will bake today, and seeth that ye will seeth, and that which remaineth overlaid up for, up for you to be kept until the morning. And, uh, in verse 25, it says, And Moses said, Eat that today, for that tomorrow is a Sabbath unto the Lord. Today you shall not find it in the field. In verse 26, it says, Six days ye shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, in it there shall be none. In verse 29, it says, See for that the Lord hath given you the Sabbath, wherefore he giveth you on the sixth day and the bread of two days. Abide ye every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So, <clears throat> this is something that the Pharisees probably could have taken a look at and say, Okay, we, we, we can't, we absolutely can't do any work. Okay? But you know, we have to look at the scripture in its entirety and not assume things. 
Okay? Now, Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, it says, Remember the Sabbath Sabbath day to keep it holy. And in verse 10 of chapter 20, it says, But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, and it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor... Uh, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within the gates. Okay, so God says you're not to you're not to work on the Sabbath. Now, what does that mean, work? Well, it's servile work. Okay, servile work is being under like an employer, for an example. We're supposed to work six days and then have that seventh and have that seventh day for rest. That doesn't mean that you should not eat anything on the Sabbath. That doesn't mean you can't get in your car and go places on the Sabbath. It doesn't mean that at all. Okay. But what it means is is to take a break. Take a day's break from the servile work that you do. Servile work is you working for an employer. Amen? Now, Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, and it says, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. In Exodus 31, 14, it says, You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever shall do any work therein, that soul shall be cut off among, among his people. In Exodus 31, 15, Six days may work be done, but in the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whosoever doeth any work, and the Sabbath day he shall surely be put to death. Um, so, and we see this because we see we see how big of a deal it is to rest. In Leviticus chapter 23, verse 3, it says, Six days shall, shall be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of rest and holy convocation. Ye shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. Um, let's see here. So we see that that the Sabbath day is a big deal for God. Now, we know that the Sabbath is Saturday. Now, i got to make something else clear to you. You have the Seventh-day Adventists that believe that the Sabbath is Saturday, which is what I believe. Okay? Sunday is the first day of the week. But then... but. But here's where I here's where here's where um, I disagree. 
The Seventh-day Adventists will say, well, if you go to church on Sunday, you're going, you got the mark of the beast and you're going to hell. No. First of all, you know how asinine that sounds? If you go to church on Sunday, you've got the mark of the beast. Are you kidding me? A mark is a mark. Okay, and it's going to be a literal mark. Secondly, if you worship on Sunday, how's that a mark? Do you get that? Do you, do, do you guys get that? Worshiping God on Sunday is not a mark on your body, on your right hand or for in your right hand or forehead. And th that is not that is no mark. See, people need to understand what the mark of the beast really is, and we really don't know what it is yet until it comes out. But you can't take worship on Sunday and inject it into your right hand or forehead. You know how stupid that sounds? It's the most asinine thing that you can ever think of. Secondly, they're wrong. Because think about it. When did the Lord Jesus Christ, when was he risen? He was risen on the first day of the week. So let me ask you a question. Why wouldn't you worship the Lord Jesus Christ on a Sunday? If Jesus Christ was raised from the dead on Sunday, wouldn't that just, I mean, wouldn't that just cause you to just to worship him because of what he did? You know, the Seventh-day Adventists need to take a chill pill. They need to take a chill pill and realize that just because someone worships on Sunday doesn't mean they're going to hell. Because that's a bad indicator. You know, the Seventh-day Adventists are like these Pharisees back in Jesus' day where they said, well, you can't do anything. And that's not true. What this, what, what this work is talking about is servile work. You can go out and you can hop in your car, get a cheeseburger, you know, whatever. But if, if, if but you know, all I'm just saying is that, you know, doing things on, doing things on Saturday is not a sin. And by the way, as far as I know, there is nowhere in Scripture where it tells you, where it tells you specifically, you know, that you can't, I mean, that you can just stay home and be lazy. As a matter of fact, actually, I would actually beg to differ on that because you even, what we're going to read here coming up, we see how Jesus did a miracle on the Sabbath, and the Pharisees hated him. See, Jesus Christ is our Sabbath. Come on to me, all ye... Hang on a second, I'm going to butcher it. Come on to... And, and, and Matthew chapter 11, verse, and verse 28, going back a chapter, it says... Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus Christ is our rest. 
We need to rest in Him. He is our Sabbath. But we should be able to take a day where we are not working at our jobs and take a day off. Do you know why? Because if you're working seven days a week, constantly, 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 you can your body can only handle so much. Rest is important. And it's important to God. Amen. Now, in verse 8 of, of, of Matthew 12, it says, For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. Now, and when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue. And beheld, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days? That they might accuse him. And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you, which shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it? And lift it out. How much better, or how much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Then saith he to the man, Stretch forth thine hand, and he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and held counsel against him, and how they might destroy him you know they did that because they didn't like the fact that Jesus healed on the Sabbath which brings me to my next point okay that this is not a contradiction to what Jesus to what God said in the Old Testament this is not a contradiction okay but what God is talking about in the Old Testament is servile work. It's a holy convocation. It is a time to rest from your employer. And just because it's the Sabbath day doesn't mean that you can't do good on the Sabbath. I know of a church that goes out on Saturday they go out and they witness to people now all you now all you fork-tongued two-faced Pharisees will say well they can't be doing that listen did you just hear what Jesus said did you just hear what I just what what Jesus said and he said unto them, What man shall there among you that shall have, a, have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? If you've got lost people that are dying, that are, that if they were to die, that they would, they would, that they would end up in hell. But if you got, you know, when you got lost people roaming around the streets, don't you think that you have a responsibility to go to go and show them Christ? 
to show who Christ is? If Christ is our rest, why would you withhold that from somebody? Why would you withhold rest from a lost person? If a lost person is dead in their trespasses and sins and on their way to a devil's hell, why wouldn't you on a why wouldn't you want to go and 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 and, and save and, and and try to bring them to Christ? And it doesn't matter which day you do it on. I know a church that does that goes out soul winning on Sunday. Or not Sunday, but Saturday. They go out Saturday, they preach, and they street preach. Why? Because they're trying to introduce a lost and dying world to the one that can give them rest. And whom is Jesus Christ? Why? So they can, you know, so why? They, that the lost can repent of their sin, repent and turn away from their sin and come to Christ. And accept him. You see, when you become, when you become so religious, like these Pharisees, your religious, your religious, um, your religious dealings can so blind you from what's go from the truth. Jesus told the Pharisees that they were hypocrites, a brood of vipers. Why? Because their traditions blinded them from God's law. Basically, they took God's law and added more things to add on to it. And you're not supposed to do that. God says you're not to add from my word or take away from it. If you add to his word, he'll add to the plagues that are written in this book, meaning your Bible. If you take away from it, he'll take away your part from the book, the, 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 the book of life. See, these Pharisees were a bunch of hypocrites, a bunch of religious nut jobs that wanted to put a, a yoke on people. Oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. Why? Because... Because the Pharisees were Nicolaitans. The Pharisees were basically wanting power. They didn't want to give it up. They didn't want to let it go. They wanted power over the people. What do you think the, the, the term Nicolaitan means? And we get a whole bunch of those religious Nicolaitans nowadays. They'll say, you shut up and we'll... Tell you what you to what you what you're to believe, and you just believe it. That's a Nicolaitan. Why? Because they want power over you. The Pharisees were a bunch of a bunch of religious Nicolaitans that wanted power over people. And when Jesus came along, they were afraid to lose their power. Those Pharisees were power hungry. Um, verse 13. Then saith he to the man, Stretch forth thine hand, and stretched it forth, and it was restored whole, like as the other. 
Then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him how they might destroy him. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and, and great multitudes followed him. And he healed them all, and charged them that they should not make him known. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall shew judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break, and a smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth judgment unto victory. And in his name shall the Gentiles trust. Then was brought one unto him, one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed, and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And Jesus knew their thoughts, and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I, be, if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house? He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of, Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. And believe it or not, that's all I'm going to be doing for Matthew chapter 12 tonight. But I'm not done yet because we've got a lot of things to explain. Okay? Now, first off, you see that the Pharisees accused Jesus of casting out devils by Beelzebub. You know how stupid that makes a person make when they make a statement such as that? When you read the Word of God, it's such an asinine... It is such an asinine um, uh, accusation to hurl at somebody who's God. Okay. 
Now, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell on them and walk in them and will be their God, and they shall be my people. Do you know what Beelzebub is? Beelzebub is an idol. It's a devilish idol. And the Pharisees are so blinded that they don't realize that you cannot mix good and evil. You know, the Pharisees, the Pharisees' accusation of Jesus of having Beelzebub within him and casting out devils by Beelzebub. Okay, what that shows you is have, have, have you guys ever seen the yin yang symbol where it says that, that in, in all darkness there's a little bit of light, and in all light there's a little bit of darkness? You realize in how much of a lie that is? Because Jesus Christ is God. He is God in the flesh. That means Christ... There are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. And God cannot sin. If God cannot sin, means Christ didn't sin. He was tempted in all points, but without sin. And so we see that Christ is the light of the world. And Christ, if Christ is the light of the world, that means in Christ there is no darkness. And you want to know something? Beelzebub is pure, wicked darkness. And the Pharisees accused Jesus of casting out devils by Beelzebub. And Jesus straightens them out. He said that every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself cannot stand. He didn't say it shouldn't stand. It says it can't stand. It shall not stand. Think about what's going on in our nation right now. Think about all the Supreme Court decisions that came out. The Supreme Court decisions that came out including Roe v. Wade being overturned, was not designed to be a win for life. And it was not designed to abolish abortion. But the news outlets want to make you think that. And why? Because these Supreme Court justices that, that seem like a win, they came out... Every single one of these decisions were designed to pit us against each other. 
United we stand, divided we fall. We're in big trouble in this nation. Why? Because we are divided against our own selves. By the way, it's not going to be China that's going to destroy us. It's not going to be Iran or Iraq or it's not going to be any of those nations that are going to destroy America. We are going to destroy ourselves. People, you need to wake up. We will destroy ourselves. Why? Because we're so pitted against each other. We're so angered and bittered at the other side. We're so... It's... 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 There is no other party but Republican and Democrat. And here's what I mean by that. Because it's Democrats and Republicans butting heads. Let me ask you a question. How many of you are taking sides in that? How many of you how many of you are taking sides? And quite frankly, and I'm going to tell you something. Quite frankly, I don't think any of us should be taking sides. Except the side of Christ. We ought to be peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be the, the children of God. Let's go to that. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 verse 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Let me tell you something. For you to take a side in this civil war, if you think about it, we kind of are we kind of are in a, we are in a civil war. You know why? Because it's good it's basically we're fighting against our own our own selves. We're fighting against our own people. We are, whether and whether you want to acknowledge or not, we are fighting against our own people. Why? Because it's the people behind the curtain that are creating chaos and creating, creating and manipulating things to get us to come at each other's throats. I want, you, I want you just to listen very carefully. If we as a nation continue to pit each... Pit our, to, if we as a nation continue to come against, come against our own people, we as a nation will fall. I promise you we will fall. If we continue to come at each other's throats and going against our very own citizens and our own people and our nation and going against them and arguing and bickering and all that stuff, we will fall. 
And by the way, there is nothing about a peacemaker that should be taking sides. You should be taking sides of Christ, not the side of the opposite side to go after each other. Jesus said, every kingdom against, divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself can't stand. And you continue on and you see why Jesus is refuting these Pharisees' claims. Because if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. And his kingdom cannot stand. And he also makes the point that if he was if he was one casting out devils by Beelzebub, then whom do your then whom do your then he asked the Pharisees whom do your children cast out devils by? But we all know the truth that Jesus Christ was filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because at his baptism, the Holy Ghost descended on Jesus as a dove. Which shows you that if the Pharisees accused Jesus of having Beelzebub, they didn't know that they didn't know nothing about the scriptures. And these people were supposed to be the top in their class. They're supposed to know what the scriptures mean, and they didn't know nothing. Why? Because when you look at Jesus' baptism, it was the Holy Ghost that came down. There's another scripture I want to I want to throw I want to throw out there as well. Isaiah chapter five verse twenty. Verse twenty one. No, actually, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20 through 22. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for better. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink. You know about these Pharisees, these religious hypocrites? They were wise in their own eyes. And you know what God says about that? Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes. Don't be a religious Pharisee full of pride thinking that you're, you're, you're all that and you're something. God resisteth the proud. Whosoever shall humble himself shall be exalted, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. 
We are in big trouble in this nation. Do you know why? Because we're so divided against our own selves. We're going to be destroyed from within, not from without. We're going to be destroyed from within, not from without. It says, And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come near unto you. Or else how can you enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his house. He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Let me tell you something. You are either for Christ or you are against him. Either you're hot or you're cold. If you're for Christ, you be gathering with him. But if you're against him, that means you're scattering. And take a look at all these wolves in sheep's clothing like Joel Osteen and Joyce Myers and all these and all these false prophets and teachers and pastors. They're not gathering with Christ, they're scattering, scattering them. You know, it's so astounding that people are so blind that oh well. Praise God, Joyce Myers, a pastor. Joyce Myers is ain't, is ain't no more of a pastor than the than, a, than the than the man than the man on the moon. She ain't no pastor. She's in direct rebellion of God's word. Listen, you cannot claim to think you're saved and be in direct rebellion. To I, you cannot claim to believe the Bible and yet be in direct rebellion. Joyce Myers ain't no more saved than the man on the moon. She need to get saved. She ain't saved. She's a wicked witch. She's wicked, man. Very wicked. And she's a witch because rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. She is in hardcore rebellion against the word of God. So what does that tell you? What does that tell you her father is? It's not God. Mm -mm. It's Satan. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. Satan rebelled against God. And all of you people that are that say that you're saved and yet you are in direct rebellion against the word of God. You are nothing but the children of your father the devil. Oh Brandon, well that's mean. That hurts my feelings. Well you know what? I'm sorry I can't help you. 
You need to pick up a Bible and start reading and asking God to, to forgive you. It's ridiculous that people think that, oh, well, praise God, I'm saved. And yet they could be in direct rebellion against the word of God. It's really sad. It really is. It's not God's will for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. But you have to understand that God is angry with the wicked every day. He's angry with, with the wicked. You get Joel Osteen and say, well, bless God, God ain't angry with you. Really, Joel? Really? My Bible says that God is angry with, with the wicked every day. See, Joel Osteen don't know his Bible. He don't know nothing of the Word of God. He may know some. He may sprinkle some truth in there, but he'll mix it in with a whole batch of lies. And people eat up that stuff like birthday cake. I'm telling you, it's a sad, sad world that we live in. I'm telling you, the Bible's right. There's coming a great there is coming a great falling away. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. But blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto him, unto men. You want to know something? Do you know why? Do you know why blasphemy against the Holy Ghost is the unpardonable sin? Because... The Holy Ghost is the comforter that God, that God sent. And the Holy Ghost only speaks of Christ. The Holy Ghost does not speak of himself. He speaks of Christ. And by rejecting Christ, you're calling the Holy Ghost a liar. And when you call the Holy Ghost a liar, and when you die in that sin... It is unforgivable. It is. Blaspheming the Holy Ghost is the unforgivable sin. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is what testifies is the Holy Ghost is what bears to our witness that we are the children of God. It is the it is the Holy Ghost that that brings things to remembrance to us of what Jesus taught us. And it's the Holy Ghost that testifies to us about Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not going to get too much into it, but I want to encourage you. Um, in my Shekinah Glory Exposed series, uh, I think it's like the 10th or 11th part of that series. It's called the... It's called the, uh, the what was it? I think it's called like the unforgivable sin or I think it's called the unforgivable sin. Go and check that out. I want to encourage you to go on and, and, and check that out. Okay. Um, because I go more, I go more in depth of, in that teaching about, about what the unfor, the unforgivable, the unforgivable sin is. Last verse and we'll close. 
And it says, And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Amen. And so, I just want to like just want to remind you guys. Um, even I am done, not with all chapter twelve, but I am done with the the portion that I want to uh, be done, and we'll pick up from here uh, next week. I'll pick up there from uh, next week, but I want to I want to close. I want to close tonight. I want to close by saying this. Time is running short. Time is running short. The question is, for all you, those of you that are lost, are you... Will you make the decision to accept Christ now? Because the time is coming where it's going to be too late. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now I'm not going to ask you to repeat a prayer. I'm not going to ask you to say this after me. I'm not going to do any of that. All you have to do is go before the Lord repent of your sins cry out to God to save you and God will save you but the question is do you know that you are a sinner in need of a savior because if the Holy if the Holy Ghost is not convicting you and not showing you that you are a sinner in need of a Savior, you're not going to get saved. Because the only way that you can get saved is by the Holy Ghost drawing you to Christ. And how does He do that? He does that by convicting you of your sin. You see... You get people that say, well, praise God, I can get saved whenever I want. That's not true. That is not true. Mm -mm. It's not true. You can't just get saved whenever you want. The Holy Ghost has to, has to be drawing you to Christ by convicting you of your sin and helping you to see that you are lost and and are in need of a Savior. Amen? You can't just get saved willy-nilly. The Holy Ghost has to draw you to Christ. And by the way, to reject that, to reject Christ, and to reject that tugging, that's another reason why. That's another means of blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because it is the Holy Ghost that will direct you to Christ. And so a rejection of Christ is a rejection 
a flat out rejection of the Holy Ghost and calling the Holy Ghost a liar. It is. I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. But time is running short. I'm, uh, love me, and I love, and and uh, I wanna, I wanna kind of just finish off this before we, before we end it. I'm gonna, I wanna get, I wanna show you. Let me just show you where what's gonna happen on both sides. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna present you with two paths, and I'm gonna show you where each path leads. If you choose to reject Christ, to reject the Holy Ghost. To blaspheme against the Holy Ghost. And you die in that condition. This is what's going to happen to you. You're going to die. In your sin. You're going to end up in hell. There's going to be fire. There's going to be torments. There's going to be no rest for you. Day or night. And you're going to be stuck there. And then what's going to happen is. You're going to be resurrected. You're going to be brought out of hell temporarily. And you're going to stand before God Almighty at the great white throne judgment. And every little dirty little act that you've ever committed, whether by word, thought, or deed. Every little dirty little secret that you have had that you've never repented of. All those are going to be written in a book. And that book is going to be open. And every little dirty little secret that you've ever done in secret is going to be exposed for all to hear. You will then be judged by God. You're not going to be judged by me. You're not going to be judged by an angel. You're not going to be judged by Joseph Smith. You're going to be judged by God. And the method of his judgment is going to be his word. And all those who face the great white throne judgment are going to be, be are going to be pronounced guilty, and then they're going to be tossed alive into the lake of fire with the false prophet, with the antichrist, and with the antichrist, and with Satan. They'll all be tossed alive into the lake of fire. And that lake of fire, that lake of fire is not going out. You end up in the lake of fire, you're, you're going to be in torments for all eternity. And there will be no end to it. There's going to be absolutely no end to that torment. The Bible says the torment of, the torment, the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever in the presence of the Lamb and His angels. You don't want to go there. Because there is no rest. But you know what the good news is? The good news is you don't have to choose that path. The second path that you can choose is this. You can accept Jesus Christ right now. You can admit that you were a sinner. That you are a sinner in need of a savior. Repent of your sins. You cry out to God to save you and he saves you.
fills you with his spirit, preserves you to the day of redemption, seals you with that Holy Ghost of promise. You serve God. Sure, you'll, you'll be persecuted. You'll be hated. But when you die, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There you, you'll you'll go to the bema seat, the the the, ju the the judgment seat of Christ, where you will be judged based on your faith, and you will give an account to all that you've done in this body. But after that, you will be with the Lord forever and ever. It'll be you'll be in heaven. Amen. So really there are only two options that you can choose. The Catholics would like to make you believe that there's a third option, which is purgatory. Pur purgatory was made up by the Catholics just so they can get money. Mm -hmm. Because the, while the Catholic Church tells you the lie that there is a purgatory, they're getting rich off from that lie. And they're fleecing you for money on a lie. There is no third option. It's one of those two paths. I would prefer you all to take the path being born again and follow with me to Christ than for you to die in your sin and go to hell and then be let out and then tossed alive into the lake of fire amen I'd rather see I'd rather see you be saved amen so anyways that's all I got for tonight um Actually made it to an hour. That's amazing. Um, just want to let you all know, um, Lord willing, I will be preaching on August 7th at my church, so there will be no fishers and men broadcast. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to be doing on Sunday yet, so pray for me um, on those occasions. Pray for my ministry. Pray for these videos. Pray that God would use these videos to be a blessing to somebody. Amen. Anyways, listen, I love you guys. Um, you guys are the reason, for all those who watch these videos, you are the reason why I do what I do. Amen. So listen, I just want to let you know I love you guys. Okay, I love you. And um, I don't want to come off mean. I apologize if I, come off, if I came off mean or insensitive. But time is running short and you all need to know the truth. Amen. So, anyways, um, anyways, guys, I love you. God bless you. You guys have a blessed night. And Lord willing, we'll maybe see you Sunday night. All right? God bless you guys. See you. Bye.